Hello and welcome to In The Circle, an inside look at field hockey in the United States, a podcast that gets you closer to the athletes, staff, club administrators, coaches, umpires and fans of USA Field Hockey. I'm Mark Hardy, US Women's National Team Assistant Coach, and today I'm joined by US Men's National Team Head Coach, Rutger Weiss. Hello there, Rutger. Thank you for joining me in the circle. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. No. These uh, these crazy times. Yep. Hang in there. Uh, We're (laughs) we're healthy. People around us are healthy. That's good. I hope the best for everybody else. Yeah, indeed. That's uh, that's very good to hear. Um, So, Rutger, very quick starter question that we asked all of our guests. Uh, do you remember the first stick that you had? <laughs> yeah, Dita. <laughs> it was Dita. I'm guessing it's a, it was a wooden it was one. Definitely a wooden one. And uh, <laughs> listen, it must be 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> but you had—I don't know if you remember. I'm not. I don't know how old you are, but you had the golden and you had the silver Ditas in the 80s. And those were the ones that okay. Uh, and I mean, gold stickers and, and silver stickers, and that, uh, I had one of those. Fantastic stick, had me down for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. Um, okay, Rago, if you wouldn't mind, just um, would you mind charting your journey to being the the U.S. men's national team head coach? Yeah, long long journey. Obviously, grew up in the Netherlands. Um, played. In, uh, in the Netherlands for um, till about 2003 for ma- mostly two clubs Groningen in the north and then uh, for Bloemendaal and then uh, moved to the United States in uh, now 2003 actually so 70 years ago became college coach at Indiana University of Pennsylvania uh, worked with um, Harvard University for four seasons and then in the meantime, also helped in different capacities with the USA field hockey programs. Did futures for a year back in Pittsburgh. Uh, worked with the juniors for several years when Chris Clemens was the head coach. And also did some individual trainings while Nick Conway was the head coach. And then uh, now in our fourth year with the men. Uh, that's, that's in short a journey. No, and uh, and do you mind me asking what brought you over to the US? <laughs> yeah, I wondered that myself as well. But uh, <laughs> but no, um, I did a camp here at the University of Connecticut for uh, Coach Nancy Stevens, and uh, one of the kids in my group, she had a sister who played at the Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and their coach had just uh, resigned, and the parents uh, asked me if that was something for me. And uh, that was, I never thought about it that way. And he, AD, and then uh, I said, okay, I'll do this for a season. Well, that's 17 years ago. So that's what brought me here. Well, it's a good place to live, right? I'm uh, being a Brit. I'm uh, I'm converted. I'm I'm fully in. I love it living in the US. Yep. Oh, it's great. I mean, uh, I lived in Pittsburgh till 2011. I might mess up the day. day. It could be 12, but I think it's 2011. And um, 
I'm getting a look right now. So 2011. Till then we lived in, uh, in Pittsburgh and uh, in Boston. So it's uh, we love Boston. It's it's a great um, it's a great country for sports. That's for sure. It is. It is. Um, do you mind sharing your coaching philosophy with us? Uh, I, I I don't mind actually. Um, like we we like to provide a framework for the guys and the players, right? So within the framework, we want people to be creative, and uh, we discuss several options. And as long as we stick within those, we're good. So shortly defensively, we like to uh, crowd the space and make the space as small as possible. And in ball possession. Uh, we like to go to goal as quickly as possible, uh, as we call direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whether that's through a counter or a quick two-touch pass uh, straight through the middle, um, that, that I leave that up to the creativity of the players. But that's in short the philosophy. And then I want people to feel, the players and staff, to feel to express themselves at all time. In trainings, but also in sessions, in video sessions, um and uh, yeah that's that's in short the philosophy now like we can elaborate on it for hours yeah i, I mean it's interesting i guess it's similar to, to myself and carolina being with the the women's team now for for three months and we're, we're working yeah. in a in a i guess a very similar framework where we're we're encouraging creativity yeah. and and with that is naturally going to come mistakes and errors and how do you how do you go about as a mm-hmm. coach when those errors happen I, uh, we, we always say one thing. We don't care if you make mistakes, as long as the intent was right. And, um, and as long as you make the mistake 120 miles an hour. Um, and we, uh, we, can, we can talk afterwards whether it was a right decision or wrong decision, but in the, in the moment itself, I mean, it doesn't face us too much if somebody makes a mistake, to be honest. And, uh, like I said, the moment we have the wrong intent, that's where you get problems with the staff or specifically <laughs> me. Um, because that, that, that is actually controllable, your intent. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how I see that and that, that's how we deal with it. It doesn't mean that we never have harsh words for each other. Um, but we're, we're making sure that we, we value the intent versus the, uh, the outcome. Uh, at times, yeah, yeah, we're, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that understanding that decision making is important, and if the decision making is right, if the skill execution doesn't quite happen, we can address that on the training pitch. But if we're if we've got the yeah. we've got the decision right, then we're moving in the right direction, and we've got. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. Um, what about people who've been? who've been influential in your career. Can you identify any one or two people that have, have shaped the, the coach and player you and, or person you are today? Yeah, Mark, I, 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 saw that, I saw that question coming, of course. And I find that difficult. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to um, come ashore with some people. I mean, there's so many people that were influential. Um, but if I, can I just mention groups of, of course. people? And uh, all right, so you go with your family, of course, that encourage sports and competition and and joy. That's the first group. So I I grew up with four brothers, and 
uh, we played all sorts of sports, whether it was tennis, ping pong, or so- uh, soccer, they call it here, football, uh, or hockey. There was always something going on in the backyard. So that's one great influence, great stimulation. Then there's two um, the, uh, coaches that I've had over the years. And not just the coaches that I played for, but also that I coached with. Uh, I'd I have to say that I've learned something from everyone. And uh, if I have to, if if I have to pick out two people, uh, I'll pick this guy. Uh, his last name is Prupper. Uh, he gave gave me a, a really sense of urgency on the field, and I think part of my coaching comes from there. As long as you have the right intent, you you're doing right. And the second one is uh, uh, Coach Schultz, who I had in the, in the Netherlands, and he was a tactical master brain uh, brain and he made us think about the game and that's uh if i can ever become a combination of those two uh we'll win a medal i guess <laughs> <laughs> but uh no those were, those were the the groups of people that and then and then i also don't want to forget the people i work with like uh in my role as an assistant coach or as a, a team manager i mean there's several uh several people that i mean uh, that I can think of that were really good at certain areas that I learned from. No, it's good. It's interesting to hear that your journey. So, um, it's so obviously you've, you've had a, a lot of experience within hockey and to pull upon all of those different influences obviously helps you as the, as the coach you are today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and I hope that uh, when people look back at when they work with me, that they learned also something and it could not be all good, Maybe they learned something in a way of, oh, man, that Coach Weiss, he did stuff. I never do that. So that means that they learned something as well. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, you can learn in all ways. And I, I guess sort yeah. of from a coaching perspective, that's exactly what, what I do. I'd like to think of myself as like a, a thoughts magpie or an ideas magpie taking little bits I like from all different coaches inside inside yep. field hockey, outside field hockey. Um, yeah, whether it's on TV programs, and you get a lot of like the American football programs over here, um, or you get the, the the baseball ones where you get in behind the scenes. And I like to steal ideas from there and see how we can use them and yeah. and, and get similar results. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I still want to. One of my goals for my personal development is to look behind the scenes in a professional football club, and uh, more mostly not on the management piece of it, but uh, the coaching piece. I mean, uh, as you as you know, the field hockey staffs ever get expanded. Um, I mean, you go on tour right now with seven to ten people staff. Now, football has has been doing that for years. How, how do they manage those groups? Uh, how are they dividing up the work? Uh, different coaching styles. Uh, I would love to do that, but not just there. Uh, um, uh, but also little tactical things of basketball. Right? Uh, the, I always have to think a little bit. I, I was coached by Bloemendaal, a guy who um, who came originally from basketball. He couldn't stop talking about triangles. And, and, you, and you look back and you're like, yeah, I'm doing that as well. Yeah, he had it right. <laughs> yeah. So what, what can I can I go to a basketball training at a significant level and, and watch that, observe that, and talk with those people tactically? Are them. there any um, coaches in the professional game that stand out to you as people that you would love to see and observe working? 
uh, yeah, there's a couple, right? So I've, I'm always a fan of guys like Maciejewski from Doom. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's I know that's the college college level, but he's also Team USA coach. Um, I mean, not to go into the obvious ones, but uh, in football, Louis van Gaal. Uh, not everybody's a fan of him, but you can't deny that he's successful. Absolutely. Every um, there's also guys that I want nothing to do with. Okay, I'm just as interested uh, in them. Who are they? Yeah, so Mourinho, for example, would be a guy I can't I can't identify with. It's funny. The first two times, the second, uh, the third times, you're like ah, maybe a little less attention to yourself. Um, a guy like. Um, uh, I mean, there's several Dutch football coaches that I've seen come in. 7,000 words in a sentence and what have you said. Yes. Uh, type of thing. So I like to stay away from that a little bit. Guardiola is another guy that I would, I mean, I watch the documentaries as I'm, I'm of sure you have as well. Uh, would love to see that. Uh, there's volleyball coaches actually from the 90s that, that really stood out. Uh, and then, and then, I have to say this. So I went to an FIH course a couple of years ago, and I hope to go sometime soon again in the next couple of years. And my mentor there was the uh, technical director from the South Korea hockey. And it gives me, gave me such a different insight on how they do things. Yeah. Uh, that, is a t- that is a type of coaches and, and, and technical directors and, and high-performance directors that I like to really conference with if you will. Yeah, for sure. I mean, from my personal perspective, I would love to, from a hockey point of view, Charlesworth is the person I look up to particularly and yeah. and he's somebody that yeah. I've I've used and has has guided me through only through his books, not through talking to him, but um him yeah. and then I don't know if you've seen it recently, there's a program on um on Amazon Prime, it's called The Test. It's it's about cricket, so it's not going to resonate with many people. But um, but no. the coach in there is a is a cricketer called Justin Langer, and and what he achieves within the the cultural and the shaping the culture of the team at a period of transition at a period of um, of change is is really impressive. So he's he impressed me hugely. Yeah, I should. Uh, I haven't seen that, um, but like I said, I'm always interested in learning about that. And, I'm definitely going to find that. On oh, I can recommend it. It's really good. In, and from a, from a, with the women's national team hat on, it was uh, like the parallels between the, the uh, period of the high player turnover, similar to yep. what's been experienced with the women yep. um, and how he guided through that process. It, uh, there were some points there that I looked at and thought that was fantastic and yep. how we dealt with it. Yeah. Yeah. But... Okay, what about, are there any players in the, the pathway, so the US um, pathway to the national team that um, we should be looking out for and people that could potentially become stars? <laughs> Everybody has that they potential. Do. Right? Um, there's, we have, we have a, I looked at our juniors this morning, actually, and the programming for the next couple of weeks. And there's so many good kids coming through. Uh, but it's all about the decisions they make. So I, I, I'm hesitant to pick out one or two. Uh, but in each of the age groups, U21s, U18s, and U16s, we have talented kids and boys walking around. And then um, 
so we're obviously going to encourage to continue to play. And then in our current senior team, we have a couple of kids that, I mean, we all know them, that came on the first tours the past couple uh, uh, when when did we get there? Uh, it was February already. So six weeks ago, we went to South Africa, and we took four or five juniors with us, six actually, with us. Um, four of them not even being 18 yet. So I would look at those guys. And then you have your usual, like, Kepler brothers that are great. Who is a great player. Arjun Dotwal. I mean, those are more or less arrived players, I would say. Um, but they're hungry to uh, to do a little bit more than we've done in the past, uh, well, 20 years, I would say. Okay. And what... Um, so if, I hope that... They get, if you're not... Uh, what traits do you want to see in a player that comes into the national team? What are the key things that, that a player can do that they can stand out from the, the crowd to, and, and catch your eye? All right. So there's two, two things. Well, uh, let, me, let me go a little bit further, actually. We usually base our selections onto four criteria, right? That's physically, mentally, tactically, and technically. All right. Then the technical part and, and, and tactical part, we are thinking that we can actually teach it over time. What we can't teach is mentality, or I shouldn't say what we can't teach, but we really look people to have a great mentality and physical ability. And men- mentality, I don't mean can you sprint hard. A, there's a lot of people that can sprint hard. Can you listen? Can you listen to teammates? Can you, can you, can you think for yourself? Can you make the right decisions uh, off the field? Uh, can you participate in a group? I mean, those are the, those are the big things that I uh, that we're looking at right now. Uh, and that's basically to avoid that everybody opens their own shop on the field. It, it does, does make, make sense. sense. And then the second part is obviously your physical ability. Um, you got to be fit. You got to be fit. And if you look at the international level right now, as you do every day yourself, everybody in the top can run. Everybody can lift weights. Everybody can sprint and turn. Everybody's mobility is top. So you got to match that. Simple as that. And then once you can match that, your tactical and technical plan uh can make a difference i feel but uh yeah mentally uh, first thing we do if i see people throwing a stick in the in the training or at a tryout camp we cross right there um yeah you want to go any deeper in that no no i think that that covers it no i i mean i yeah i i agree i from a personal point of view, I think the ability to work hard, the ability to take on board advice, to take on board um, yeah. redirection, both from a coach and from peers, um, yeah. is important. Um, and yeah. then, for me, I, I like to see what they can do in a game. I've seen lots of players that are brilliant in training, are brilliant in drills, yeah. but can yeah. can you do it when the pressure's on? Can you deliver um, when the environment isn't so controlled? And for me, that's the, that's a big piece. That's a- Mentality, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so. Um, what about some of the highlights as, as head coach today? I mean, I think we've had a quite a few in a short amount of time, really. Um, I would go back to 2017, uh, uh, the World League. Uh, what was it called at the time? World, yeah, World 
uh, in Trinidad. We're playing in front of a full uh, uh, stadium in Trinidad against Trinidad with two nothing behind. We're getting a guy sent off, and it's eight minutes to go. And <laughs> I pulled my goalie, and the whole bench was looking at me, and my staff was in my ear, like, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, we lost already, so we might as well try to get one back. And we uh, we managed to get the 2-2 45 seconds before. Fantastic counterattack. Pat Harris scored. And then our goalkeeper played out of his mind in the Shiraz. We won that. And we moved on to the semifinal and then ultimately ended up with a bronze medal. So that's that was absolutely a highlight. I think... Uh, go ahead, no, they're, they're good moments, aren't they? When the when the uh, everyone else is thinking, "What on earth are you doing?" And you you've seen it, you've seen it in your head. Um, you'd rather you'd yeah. rather lose three than yeah. two nil doing what you're doing. So you took the gamble. Yeah, yeah my my wife later said uh, she she doesn't know hockey. She was watching it online and she says, "Oh my god, what's he doing?" And uh, she said, that was ballsy. And I said, you know what? That was not a gamble. We already lost. So what else were we going to do? Exactly. And and, uh, and afterwards, I said to our manager, I, said, I, I don't think I've ever been this sick in my stomach as, <laughs> as those eight minutes. But, you know, it made, a diff- it made a difference ultimately. And the guys on the field were fully, I remember Mo Gandhi looking at me like, this is the right decision. And I mean, he's one of the guys, main guys on the field. So I look at him, I look at Aki Kepler, like, hey, if they're behind it, then we're doing it. And uh, so that was great. Uh, I would say that um, going and uh, win medals in the last two Pan Am's, uh, Pan Am games and Pan Am Cup for the first time in well, 24 years, uh, I believe, 1995, what is that, 24 years. Uh, that was a highlight. I would say that playing in India in front of uh, a full stadium in Bhubaneswar was a highlight and getting results. Um, with the juniors, the whole journey is actually a highlight. If, if you, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like a, uh, somebody who romanticizing a, pro- a process or anything, but in 2017, we went to a tournament and conceived 100 goals in six games. And Two years later, we win series against Canada and Chile in the region. I mean, that is a process that's really rewarding and highlights. Now, hopefully, hopefully those guys get the opportunity at the end of the year to uh, do some damage at the, at the junior Pan Ams. I really hope for them that that takes place uh, so that they can actually uh, show ultimately finish their, their job. So that's a highlight. But I... I can also enjoy the little things. We had the U16s basically all born in 05 and 06 playing together as a team for the first time in, in November 2019 against the Canadian under-19 team. And one of the boys comes up and says, Coach, those guys have hairs on their legs. <laughs> what, what, do you, what, what, do you, what do you think we should do? And I said to him, listen, Pablo, we should just be playing really hard hockey, okay, and enjoy every minute. Okay, coach, that's what we'll do. And you see these kids running around, and you're like, you know what, they're 14 years old, and they're playing against these guys that are going to college next year. And ultimately, they have fun. 
uh, I find that the highlights as well. No, they all sound like great experiences, great experiences. Yeah. Um, what yeah. about, would you mind just talking through some of the challenges other than the current challenge that's facing the whole world at the moment, um, but some of the challenges that are facing the men's team as we stand? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we're trying to tackle every challenge, right? But I mean, we've, we've obviously shown right now uh, that we can compete with countries between number 10 and number 20. Okay, so how do we make the next step? And uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's the biggest question that we have. How can we get and, and put ourselves in, in the mix for the World Cup in 23, I guess it is, or 20, 22, whatever. Um, how do we get there? Um, and again, we, we're looking at, okay, we have, we're a big country. We're not centralized. We have guys in four different time zones. Uh, so that will that could be a challenge, but at the same time, it's also a strength, if you will, because we have guys playing in the in the Bundesliga in in Germany. We have guys playing in the top league in Holland. We have guys playing in the in the Premier League in England. Uh, <clears throat> so those are all good things. Um, another challenge is: uh, Are we patient enough? Okay, can we can we get through the process and not take shortcuts? Um, uh, and continue to build the foundation. Uh, and uh, uh, I mean, those those are the biggest challenges um, in my book. No, and I guess that we get enough games. And I guess that brings me on to the next question of how, like, the the fact the point you mentioned about being patient. Like with LA twenty twenty eight on the on the horizon now, I guess that's the that's yeah. the biggest staging point. Obviously, we want to see success before then. I'm sure you do, um, but that is a yeah. that is a big, big thing on the horizon. Uh, that is a huge thing on the horizon, but we also don't want to sell the current guys ah. short, right? And uh, I mean, we have guys that are twenty five, twenty six right now that are in the prime of their careers in the next four to six years. And we, they are part of the team that turned it around. So we owe it to them to get them to a tournament. And I'm not talking the the regional tournament. Let's go to the World Cup. Let's go. Let's go to the. Let's aim for the Olympics in 24. Is it reasonable? I don't know. We'll find out in 24. But um, but we got to aim for it. And and that does something else as well. That provides an opportunity to gain experience for our younger players as well under the wings of these if you will, all the players. I mean, they're 25, 26, so they're not that old. But, I mean, that is, uh, those things are are important. And then, obviously, we have a big push for 2028. Hence why we're so happy with our junior program right now uh, and the three teams that we have in place, the quality of the players that are in it. Um, and it's it's not just patience from the, from the staff eh, and the current players. It's also patience, okay, it takes a big toll on parents as well, because you got to fly and drive your kids everywhere all the time. Will they? Will they keep doing that? It's a challenge. It is, and I no, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. The fact that it's easy to get sucked into and to think about um, success in twenty twenty eight and forget the presence and that, like I think you, you said, the term yeah. romanticize. It's very easy to romanticize about LA twenty twenty eight. But that's a long way away, yeah. and we've got a lot of things to do ahead of them to make sure success is, is yeah. in place. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I uh, I learned over the last uh, couple of years, 
is every single tournament is actually really fun if you look when you look back at it. But the trick should be: is the tournament fun while you're there as a coach? And I'll, I'll be honest: in the beginning, every single game. I mean, you couldn't probably see it at me, but I didn't feel well in the morning of the game. And you ask yourself the question, is this what I want to do? And if I'm nervous, what are the players doing? So I've, I've really, really working hard on uh, with myself and the staff. Like, enjoy it now. Enjoy enjoy watching 10 hours of Argentina to come up with a plan. Enjoy preparing for a training session. Guys, enjoy shooting on the goal and making fun of of well, me or Brian or any of the staff. Enjoy it right now uh, because that that makes the process a lot easier and, um, and it ultimately will result in, uh, in great outcomes. I I, think. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think it's something we've, it's a conversation we've had with the, the women's team as well about enjoying the process. It's not just about the end point. It's the journey is just as important yeah. and every training session and every meeting and every running session and lifting session needs to be enjoyable because otherwise, <laughs> what are we here for? You might not enjoy it at the time, yeah. but ultimately we're here to enjoy our lives and, and have fun. That's how I see it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, lifting weights, Marcus, trends amount of fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you might not see it right in that, right in that uh, very moment, but maybe at the end when you've achieved something, uh, do you see that? Uh, I, I, exactly. But uh, we had uh, we, we, the man we are, we're now working with, Youssef. Uh, he's, he's actually great working with the guys on, on strength and conditioning and sprint training. And when I look back at uh, who did that with us, uh, those were actually great, fun, great fun sessions. And afterwards, I mean, we, we still talk about it with the players. I mean, it's 20 years ago, right? And like, oh man, remember uh, that training with Case uh, uh, saying this and this and this. And we're all like, yeah, oh man. But the distance that we covered that training, unbelievable. Or the amount of weight that we moved, unbelievable. And if you look at it that way, and we can create, we create that for the current guys, uh, I think we're well on our way. Totally. Um, final question, Rutger. What, um, what piece of advice would you, would you give to a young player with aspirations of playing field hockey in the US? Play as much as you can unorganized. Don't wait for a coach. Play yourself. Go in the backyard. I know. I was just talking with uh, with uh, Phil Edwards about some backyard hockey uh, before we were getting on this call. And play, play, play in your living room. Play in your backyard. Take the dog out in the park and dodge the dog with the tennis ball. You don't need a coach for that. That creates fun. And those things you can then apply later in a more organized structure. That would be my advice. I still play myself here. I still try to dodge tennis balls around the dog, <laughs> handling handling an indoor stick, you know, and um, that keeps that keeps it fun. It does, it does, and that that constant drip feed of of developing the skills and putting them into different contexts can only be a good thing for for competency in on the pitch when when they finally get there. Yeah, absolutely, I I agree, and. Uh, Keep doing it, guys. Everybody, keep doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely, Rucker. Thank you for your time. It's been great to talk to you, and it's been uh, it's been very enjoyable. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. Okay, great. Anytime. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you. You too. 
Thank you for joining us on In The Circle. Come back next week for another look inside USA Field Hockey.